Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Brendan Escott alongside Cam Moon today. And today's top story brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. It really came from yesterday afternoon, but Anzi Kopitar re-signing with the Los Angeles Kings. Two years, $14 million total. Pretty big AAV there, in my opinion. Cam pointed out, though, I, I guess it is $3 million less than he's currently making, <laughs> but uh, it's still quite a quite a big price tag there for a longtime franchise leader as we welcome aboard Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for our friends at Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Hi, Elliot. How's it going? Okay, let me get this straight. Okay, let me get this straight. I got a text the other day from Bob saying, just making sure you're good for one last hit before vacation. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And Bob isn't even here. Like, no offense to you guys at all. Please don't take any offense. But if I'm not allowed to take vacation, why is he allowed to take vacation? Well, I can say with certainty it's it's a work function, and I say that with air quotes. Uh, I know it's on a golf course. <laughs> I know he's there with a prominent agent, and I know he's there with a couple oh. of the guys he's bumping elbows with. So oh, he's getting okay, work okay, done, even okay. though he's not in the big chair. You know how it goes. <laughs> so this is like those uh, a guy who books a family cruise for his wife and three kids, and does one thing that's business wise and writes off the whole trip. Okay, smart. I give him that. <laughs> that's right. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, boy, no writing off $14 million worth of Anzi Kopitar, but would love your, uh, no. your your reaction to that deal. I'm not surprised. I, I have to say, like, I mean, I didn't see it coming, to be honest. I'll, I'll be honest about that. I'm kind of in, you know, half work mode now, so I... I I was not as on top of that as I should have been, but uh, I'm not surprised that they would do it. Uh, you know, obviously they want Kopitar to retire as a king. He wants to retire as a king. Uh, I don't think there was any chance of him really going anywhere else. And you don't want the uncertainty, right? You just want to get it done. So, you know, I, I think it's. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that it happened. I figured it would be less than ten, as you guys mentioned, his current AAV. Um, I, I don't know if I'm surprised at the number or not, to be perfectly honest. I guess it's what I figured it would be, but I do know one thing. I, I do know that they felt that on, while Anza Kopitar is still a force, he can't do as much as he used to do. I mean, he's he's in his thir- he's 35 years old now. That, that happens. You have to be given a little less responsibility the older you get. And even though they have uh, Dubois and Deneau down the middle, they, they still thought that Kopitar was a very important part of what they do. Taking a look at uh, what's left of free agents still out there, uh, Elliot, who do you think uh, has the best chance of 
signing next? It's a good question. I, I have to say that. I mean, um, you know, Tarasenko, that one is, you know, it, it kind of reset uh, a little bit here. Um I think that one's a situation where the new agents are coming in and kind of seeing where everything stood. I think he had uh, an offer in Carolina. wasn't huge, but it was a good place for him to bet on himself. I heard that San Jose was kind of looking around there, also looking to see if they could get him on uh, like a good value deal. Um, I'd heard Nashville for a time. I don't know where that stands. And, you know, now that Zadina is off of Detroit's cap, I wonder if we get some movement on Debrinket. And if we get movement on Debrinket and he's out, I wonder if Tarasenko goes there. But, like, I think Tarasenko was kind of starting from the beginning. Dumba... Um, you know, he had the option in Arizona. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if he's waiting for something to happen. Like, he, that's another guy I've wondered about in San Jose once Carlson uh, gets dealt. So I think Tarasenko, Dumba are the ones that I'm looking at. And now Zadina, he's going to start taking, I guess he's going to be taking some Zoom meetings this weekend with NHL teams. Uh, as he picks his next uh, NHL home. So those are kind of the names I'm looking at. Is there anybody I'm, I'm missing here that you guys are thinking about? I just, I'm looking at the restricted free agent list, and that's sort of more where our attention has been, of course, with Bouchard and that sort of thing. So restricted, yeah. it seems like Debrinket's essentially the domino that everybody's waiting to fall first right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the thing with restricted, it's actually it's it's good that we're having this conversation today because I had it I had it last night with someone, and they said that they thought the the market for uh, Bouchard and maybe Keandre Miller had changed because of Bowen Byram's uh, deal. So Byram got two times uh, 3.85, was it? Yeah. And I think the, the thing that they were worried about with that, the teams were, is that, you know, Byron, while he's a really talented guy, he hasn't played a ton. So I think some of these teams uh, were kind of thinking that um, that was going to lead to a change in what, like, Bouchard and Miller could command. Like, they could look at it and say, hold on, like, we're above uh, Byram here in terms of pure production and um, you know I think in a lot of and I think the tough thing to navigate for that is I think in a lot of years that would be true however because we're in a situation where the cap is so tight like Edmonton really doesn't have a lot of room to do things that maybe the Oilers are going to be able to say or would have to say or the Rangers would have to say because both those teams are really tight that while you may be right, we just can't do it. But someone did say to me that they thought that um, just based on all things being equal that Byram's number might drive the number up for Bouchard and Miller although the teams would argue, look, it doesn't matter because we don't have enough room to begin with anyway. 
Well, that's what I'm looking at right now is if even if Bouchard signs at that exact dollar value, the, the number crunch to get McLeod under is, is going to be incredibly tight. And then I'm not sure that they've got enough money for somebody else as, as a fourth line center. So can they, it's looking like they're going to get really squeezed if Bouchard isn't willing to, you know, maybe make three point eight something work something in that neighborhood yeah well, I've, wa I've, I've wondered if he would take a one-year deal sorry about that sorry, like, that, i'm wondering if that's going to be the, the answer here that's exactly what i was going to ask you elliot if you think it'd be land up being a one-year deal for bouchard it might be uh, i like like i i could see that i don't think it's what anybody really is crazy about but it might end up being the case. Like I think I think that's one of the problems with McLeod is that he took a one-year deal last year, and I don't know how inclined he is to take like another haircut, right? So, I, I mean, I know a lot of people are listening or talking about these these amounts of money. They don't like it to be considered a haircut, but you know, McLeod got the force of the CBA used against them last year, and. You know, he has a bit more leverage this time, and I think that's one thing the Oilers have to deal with. Um, but, you know, I, I like I heard with Bouchard, it was probably going to be a one- or a two-year deal. And, uh, you know, I, I have to say I, I wouldn't be shocked if it ends up being that way, though. I don't know as we speak today, Cam, that that's absolutely the way it's going to go. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers joining us uh, one last time this summer in Calgary. Uh, we got to talk about Elias Lindholm and whether he's going to re-sign. I mean, what's the latest you're hearing uh, out of Calgary on that or any of the other players that may stand to move along? Well, you know, I, I think this. I, I think that, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I haven't done, Brandon, a ton of work on it this week, but I kind of know the situation. The Flames are willing to be patient. They were willing to leave it in Lindholm's hands. I think that the Flames were, a the last I checked around the draft, the Flames were a little more optimistic about how Lindholm felt, but um, it wasn't guaranteed. It was still a challenge. And, you know, initially I thought that it was going to be a Horvat deal that Lindholm was going to sign for, eight times eight and a half that's what Horvat got that's what Dubois got I think there's a chance if he stays it might end up being a little more than that but I, I detected some optimism from the Flames but it's not done it's uh but you know and but I do think they are prepared to uh wait and and make sure how it plays out like the one thing the one message I got from out of Calgary, I sensed out of Calgary at the draft. I should say I sensed it, not that I got it, is that they were willing to be very patient. Like they made a deal with Toffoli. Uh, they liked the player. They liked the deal that came to them. Uh, but they were prepared to wait in a lot of their other guys. And Lindholm obviously is the linchpin to a lot of what they're going to do. Would you expect, Elliot, that uh, goaltender Dustin Wolf will get a real good shot at playing in the NHL this year with the Flames? I do because they – I don't think there's anywhere else for him really to go. Like, he's got nothing else to prove at the American Hockey League level. I think the the one thing that's interesting is that, um, you know, Markstrom I, – I think at the beginning there was a conversation with him, you know, how do you feel? Is there anywhere you want to go? And I, I think he told them he wants to stay. And he has say over this. So they have to live with – they have to be okay with that, and I think they are. You know, I think they're. I think they've put Vladar out on the market. 
I don't think they just want to give him away. Um, so I think that's the move that's going to tell us. Like the one thing about Wolf is, I don't think he needs waivers next year. So you can send him down. I just don't think that's a game you want to play. Like this is one of your top prospects. Uh, it, you know, unless he, for some reason, he comes in as a terrible camp and doesn't make the team, you want to put people who on the team who deserve to be there. So uh, I think the key is Ladar, and we'll see. I don't think the goalie carousel is finished turning yet. They were looking for a culture reset in Winnipeg and, and certainly uh, part complete with the uh, the buyout of Wheeler. You've got Dubois moved along with some some you know assets back and reasonable assets that I've heard from, from, from friends of mine that are Jets fans. They're satisfied with, with what they got in the return for that. So um, you know, what do you make of Winnipeg sort of trying to turn the page, I guess, from what we've known them to be the last couple of years and the job that they've been able to do this offseason? I think the the biggest question is going to be now is like uh, does this does it stop here? Like I don't like Winnipeg doesn't want to rebuild. I thought I agree with you, Brendan. I thought they made a very good trade uh, for Dubois. I think they got good players in return, and uh, I, I think it's a, a situation where. You know, they want to see, does that make Hellebuck happy? Like, how does Shifley feel? Um, you know, I really thought there, uh, I thought at the end of last season that I, I didn't think there was much of a doubt that either player was going to was gonna stay. I thought they were both moving on. Um, you know, Hellebuck, like, he's made it very clear he just wants to win. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how he feels after that deal. And I think the other thing with Shifley is, I think the challenge for Winnipeg there is they had two top two centers. They had Shifley and Dubois. Dubois is gone now. He's in L.A. And those players, they're hard to find. They're really, really hard to find. And I think that one of the things you've got there is if you trade Shifley and you don't get a center back, all of a sudden you've gone from two top six centers to none. And like I said, those players are hard to replace. So I won't be surprised if there's a conversation here and there just with him. Like, how do you feel? And the other thing, too, is they're going to have to, if they want to keep him, they're going to have to extend them. So there's that conversation, too. And uh, so I think the Jets kind of wanted to take a deep breath after the draft, see where everybody stood, and then kind of reconvene and figure things out. I'm guessing the goalie's a little harder to move in that. You know, most teams are happy with their net minding or at least want to see what it looks like when the season starts. And at that dollar value, that's pretty limited how many teams could take a, a goaltender like that on, at least at, at full bore. So uh, could something happen with Hellebuck, you think, uh, maybe once the season gets going? Uh, you know, like I think, like I, I think that uh, that one, like, Put it this way, like I think the one thing about Hellebuck is if he found somewhere he wanted to go, I don't think it was going to be ridiculous to get an extension done. Like I think he would have worked to get an extension done. So that's that's number one. Um, like you know, the one thing there is Cam, and and you can probably appreciate this as much as anybody does because you played the position. But there's this real philosophical debate about goaltending right now. And, like, do you really need an A-level goalie to win the Stanley Cup? And, like, you know, to me, I've always found that decision kind of weird, uh, simply because, you know, you, you always say, oh, we don't need an A-level goalie, we can skimp out a bit. And then what happens when you don't have an A-level goalie and you lose a series because of it, you feel stupid. 
So that's number one. And number two, I think it also determines, like, what kind of defense do you have? You know, last year, like the last couple of years, like Tampa, every one of their defense, defense was big and long, and they had an all, like a elite level goalie. Colorado won a Stanley Cup in the final. The smallest defenseman they had is McCarr. Like everybody was huge. Vegas, all of their defensemen were huge. But Florida, they weren't. Like they had some defensemen. Like Montour is a tough, tough player, but he's not the biggest guy. Like Florida needed a, a, a lion first to put the Band-Aid on and then Bobrovsky to get hot so they can get there. And I think the thing is, like, people might say, oh, you don't need Hellebuck. The NHL has proven that you don't need a Hellebuck anymore. I think that's crazy. I think you can take that chance if all your defensemen are big, long, and mobile. But if you don't have a defense like Florida had or Colorado had or Tampa had, I, I think you're taking a big risk not going for an A-level goalie. A couple more questions here for Elliot Friedman and his last appearance of the summer for uh, Abe's Door Service. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, not on the goaltending, but on the potential suitors for Eric Carlson and I guess how much that might depend on, on what San Jose is willing to retain. Do you have an idea? I'm sure less is obviously better, but you know what are they willing to eat to offload an asset who it seems doesn't want to be a part of that anymore? Well, I, I think that I, I think it's more like I think the right answer, Brendan, is the more they eat, the better the trade has to be, right? So, like Mike, like when they were talking to Edmonton, it was about twenty. When they were talking, and at the draft, they said it won't be fifty. So, what are we talking about? Thirty or forty? And if you get there, and, and the higher it goes up, the more they want in return. So. I, I think it's a, a situation where, you know, you have to find that sweet spot between the return and the the return and the number. So I think that's the best way to say it. The higher you go, the more you have to give back. I think that's where we are. Now I do think it'll happen this summer. Um, the two teams I'm looking at are Pittsburgh and Carolina. Carolina can do it themselves with a little bit of retention because they have cap room. San, uh, Pittsburgh can't. They need a third team, likely. So I think I think both teams are interested. I think both teams have really worked to get them. But I think San Jose, like most other uh, groups, would are, are waiting for the best deal. And until they get a deal they're happy with, they're saying they're not going to they're not going to do it. And, you know, the one thing that's I, like, I think it'll get done this summer. I think eventually it will get there. But the one thing that's a challenge is you don't have to pay them now until October. So there's not as much of a rush, although I do think it will happen. So, Elliot, what, what happens now that you know, free agency's over, the draft's over, everything? What happens for Elliot Friedman? Like, do you, do you go to a <laughs> lake? Do you hang out at a, at a cottage? Are you just down at Young and Dundas all the time? Like, what goes on? Like, what happens you now? Game? You know what? I got to tell you, I'm not 20 years old. I'm not at Young and Dundas all the oh, time. Okay, just checking. Uh, those, those, those kids are too young for me. Um, no, you know what? Uh, I, I golf a little bit. Uh, I relax a lot. Uh, I know, you know, I got to tell you, you know what happens in the summer that doesn't happen in the regular season? I get good sleep. Like, I, like you know, like 
the, the summer is where you catch up on your sleep. I know that sounds boring and old manish, but it happens. My son, my, my son is in day camp uh, for July. He loves his day camp. So we sit around and do not much here. And then we're going to Portugal in August. And so, like, it's it's a good summer. My son gets his day camp for July, and then we drag him halfway around the world in August. So it's a good, nice, relaxing summer. Well, it's good you get some time, because uh, through the course of the season, nobody works harder than you. I don't know about that. I think I got a lot of people fooled. Okay. Well, you got me fooled. <laughs> Elliot, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for all the time you've given us over the course of this year. Enjoy your downtime, okay? All right, you guys too. Have a great summer, and 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 tell Bob, like you know, like you know, when the show's on, he's supposed to show up to work. You guys did. That's a lame excuse for him. <laughs> okay, we'll we will. Yeah. Along. Thanks, Elliot. Take care. All right, guys, have yourselves a great summer. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cam, have a great one. People of Edmonton, great summer. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. We'll bring them back aboard in the fall. Elliot, one of our loyal, longtime guests here on Oilers Now. I know you love them. I love them, too. We'll be right back here. It's Brendan and Cam this afternoon on Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bob away at an event, so it's Cam and Brendan keeping you company on this Friday afternoon. Louis DeBrusque coming up after this next newscast, and then we'll hear a little bit more about the Brick Invitational, which is the spectacle going on at the West Edmonton Mall right now. I'm sure you know about it, but if you don't, the best, what, 9- and 10-year-old kids from across not just our country, but North America, uh, the world's in... in, North America. North America. So, you know, Minnesota, Chicago, Quebec, and it's, it's the cream of the crop. So this is a tournament in which you can see f- many future NHLers uh, just probably 10 years before they get there or <laughs> right. so. The uniforms are amazing. The atmosphere is even better. And James Hamblin of your Edmonton Oilers did participate. So we will talk to him about that coming up later in the show. Right now, lots of contributions from you at 780-496-0063. Um, hmm. <laughs> I have a hypothetical, which I know will never happen, but who says no? Hellebuck and Laurent Bressois? Wait, what? Hellebuck and LB for Jack and Skinner. Well, I can oh, tell boy. you, no. uh, Winnipeg says no yeah. in that fantasy trade, unfortunately. Um, you guys crack me up. You Oilers guys do, say uh, says Lauren. Uh, very critical of the Oilers, or the Kings rather, for extending their leader, but still uh, a lot better than the decision to give Darnell Nurse over $9 million per year. So some people still beating the anti-Nurse drum out there. Uh, controversial Hal, I apologize. As we we gave him a gut punch with that little bit of Elks talk off the top of the show. Was, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, Hal. I know. I know. I understand. 
Um, the number on McLeod says uh, says Stu three years at one point four million per. And as I was listening to Elliot and jotting down some of these numbers, they give if Bouchard's going to get at least three point eight five million, Cam. Yeah, McLeod's going to have to be okay with 1.3, 1.4 over a couple of years because I don't know how else this fits under the cap. If you do 3.75 million for Bouchard, you can't afford McLeod at just about three. They have $5.7 million in cap space and they're at 20 of 23 on the roster right now. So you've got to get those two restricted free agents done, and you've got to get, in theory, a fourth-line centerman done, and all of that has to come in under $5.7 million. That is a challenge. That's going to be a challenge. We'll see what the arbitrator says. I, do we have a date for that yet, I wonder? Maybe we should look that up during this next break. I don't know if they've released all the arb case dates, but there's quite a few players that obviously have arbitration rights, as does Ryan McLeod. Evan Bouchard does not, so that's... That negotiation process is, uh, my understanding, again, is is sort of being held up by, we're not sure what McLeod's going to earn now, so until we know that, we can't, we can't see them sign Evan Bouchard. Yeah, and it, these usually don't go to arbitration. It usually gets figured out before that. The, the team doesn't want to do that. The player doesn't want to do that, if you can avoid it. You mean you don't want to sit in a room and have your boss <laughs> tell you all the reasons you're not worth the money you think you're worth? Oh, it would be. That would be <laughs> awful. Yeah. Listen, I love everything about you, and I really want you on my franchise. But. But, <laughs> but here's all the things you don't do well enough to earn the money you think you should. All right. It is just about 12.59 here in Edmonton. Again, still to come, Louis DeBrusque, as well as Oilers prospect and player, James Hamblin on the Brick Invitational after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.